Hey everyone, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Seeking Truth podcast. Uh, if you hadn't caught the first three, you can go to seekingtruthpodcast.com and check them out. Um, quite a few people are listening to them, uh, more than I think we expected. Yeah. So I guess uh, some people are interested in listening to us blabber away about random things. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so this is going to be the fourth one. Um, this we're going to do a little bit off the cuff. Um, yeah. I mean, we just had a really great day yesterday and we're just hanging out and um, yeah, just kind of just go with the flow today and just have a conversation about different things and reflect on different things. And yeah, like what? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so much to reflect on. There's so much that has happened in the last couple of years you know, since 2020, I feel like a lot has happened spiritually. Yeah, that's true. I feel like a lot has happened, I mean, personally for for me and for us and for our family. Um, and for some reason, life feels a little bit sweeter to me. I don't know what it is, something about maybe Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> but life just feels sweeter. Like I just loved the company we had yesterday. Yeah. We had a Friendsgiving yesterday at our house and and um, it was really funny. We were counting how many people we had on the list and, and stuff. And I realized that we're almost outnumbered by children. Yeah. There were 23 adults and 20 kids. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. So 21 when we have this baby and then anybody else who has a kid. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last couple of years, interestingly enough, it's been um, very good for us, actually, even though. You know, we've had some difficulties if you listen to the other podcasts, but overall, I think spiritually and just kind of mindset and mind share and it's been, it's been really positive, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because in spite of that, you know, the whole world feels like it has been falling apart, right? Yeah. With just the COVID stuff and all the BLM stuff and out here in the Portland area, all the riots that are seemingly still going on now since a uh, latest verdict on Rittenhouse or whatever. But, you know, we also have a lot of crime now. We have a lot of people yeah. on drugs. We have a lot of mental illness. We have poor management in the government. And so, and that's not just here. I mean, I, I suppose it's all over the place. And so, you know, we've just felt really blessed with the people in our life. Like really, I mean, sometimes I just sit back and I think about it and I think about all the people that I know and that we know and that yeah. we've accumulated over the years. And, you know, it's just been, it's been really interesting because we've been very fortunate to have really solid people and, and a lot of them, not like one or two. It's like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. I know it's crazy. It's like, it just makes me feel really grateful. Like I said, um, yesterday was just so much fun. I just love watching the kids run around the house and everyone's like, are you, are you okay? They're going to destroy things. They're going to break stuff. I'm like, let them break it. Like this is a memory that can't be recreated. You know, I just, I, I really do love it. But yeah, like you said, it's interesting. Cause I feel like in the beginning of all of this, like in the beginning of the, the pandemic, when you're watching the news and you're just like obsessing over stuff, like you kind of, it makes you like feel sad and depressed and so worried and concerned about the world. Yeah. Yeah, I remember back actually. Um, I had Twitter, I had Instagram, I had all you know these things, and I remember I think it was Marchish twenty twenty or maybe it was April or May or June. I think it might have been over the summer. It just like it seemed like the world just kind of went mad with all yeah. this craziness and lies and unrest. And I remember just deleting them because I was like, I just don't want to participate in this. This is ridiculous. Everyone's crazy. Yeah. And I think things have kind of for half the people. It feels like settled down. And then for the other half of people, there still seem like there's some craziness. And so it kind of goes into, 
at least kind of one of the topics I wanted to kind of touch on today, which I don't know, maybe I'm gonna call it strongholds and lies. Um, and I think it's important to kind of touch on that and understand it because I kind of take it for granted. I remember, um, this is going to kind of be kind of funny. So I learned to play games a long time ago. Like I played chess with my brother when I was like five. I remember playing did. like, um, this game called Pente and it's, it's a little bit like go. And, you know, I was playing with him and I, I was like, I don't know, four or five or six or something. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it was the first time that I remember in my brain that I could make a move yeah. that could trick the other person. So I could make a move and I could put a piece down and then my brother would see that and he would be trying to, you know, make a move on me. But I knew, I it was the first time I knew like I could think how he thought mm-hmm. and then I could manipulate how he thought mm-hmm. so that I could win the game. And that's yeah. the whole point of a game. And then I learned to play chess a little bit. He beat me and I think made me cry a few times. He always tells me that. And I'm pretty sure he was just a jerk. But, <laughs> <laughs> but then um, later on in life, and this is another, you know, after that, that was like five or six. And then when I was like in my early twenties, maybe, yeah. um, I was, you know, hadn't gone to church forever and was just kind of trying to meet people. And I was a pretty shy, you know, introverted person. I had just focused on school and college and everything, but was kind of getting out there. And, you know, there was this pastor, um, at a church in Gresham area, really, really great guy. And he in the, had a, I think a weekly or monthly or biweekly poker game. You know, this pastor just hosted like poker. And that's where I kind of really cut my teeth on taking what I had learned, you know, maybe 15 years earlier Mm -hmm. as a really small kid and really applied it to a game called Texas Hold'em, which, you know, I know a lot of people are familiar with. And I was fascinated by that game. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was fascinating about that game was, um, you know, if you're not familiar, you have five cards that are eventually shown and then you have two cards that no one sees it but you. And then you bet each round and, you know, you see who wins. And just like poker, there's bluffing, right? There's yeah. lying. And just like, you know, I don't know, a game, you can see some of the information so you can kind of figure out, you know, what this person could have, what this other person could have, how they're betting. And so there's all this information that you can cr- try and get at. But the thing that was interesting was, you had to think like the other person. Mm-hmm. You had to understand their mind and their personality and what they would try and trick you to do or what they thought you had or what you thought they had. And it's just this game, this mental game. And, you know, I always told people, and I, I think I made some videos before about this where, you know, I think Texas Hold'em is um, a very important game for people to understand. It's my favorite game. I, I've actually started liking chess again uh, lately. Uh, we I were know, playing a little so bit, and I think I beat you every time. You did beat but, me every time and almost <laughs> made me cry a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. But Texas Hold'em was always my game. I remember um, when I moved to Colorado after college, um, I just packed my bags right after everything crashed in 2007, 2008, finished uh, grad school, uh, my master's degree, and then I just basically just moved out into the uh, Arvada, Denver area, all by myself, apartment all by myself. And um, it, was, it was pretty lonely, actually. And uh, But, you know, one of the guys at the new place I was working at, he invited me to go play poker. Like, mm-hmm. they were playing these house games. And I was like, oh, sure. I mean, I remember playing at the pastor's house. And, and yeah. oh, by the way, at the pastor's house, I cleaned them out all the time. I was good. Of course good. you did. <laughs> Ryan does not, he doesn't go easy on anyone, not even his wife. <laughs> no, that's, I'm very competitive. Yeah. But, you know, even when I was out there with that new job and I, I wanted to fly home all the time. And so I would just play poker every two weeks and just clean these guys out. And eventually they're like, dude, you guys treating us like an ATM. I remember actually throwing some games because I felt so bad. Like <laughs> I would just mowing over these guys, just taking their money left and right. Not but even. it was 
it was this uh, because I understood people. Yeah. I understood their personality. Yeah. I understood their twitches. I understood their face. I understood the math behind the, you know, the, the cards. I understood mm -hmm. the pot, like how much money was in there. And, you know, this is going to, I'm going to take it to applying to life because, you know, it's funny people sometimes when they're young and naive, they don't think that people lie. They don't think that they're, people are ignorant or they don't think that people are wrong, you know? And let me, let me kind of clarify that a little bit. When you're like, you know, some young girl or some young boy in a family, you know, you're one, two, three, four, five, six, you don't know anything else in the world other than what your parents teach you. Yeah. And your parents don't know anything other than what they were taught, what they learned, what they experienced and how much they grew in that time frame. Yeah. And so you can learn a lot of things out of ignorance that are incorrect, or you can learn a lot of things even out of in ignorance that are correct because they just got taught the right stuff and they passed it on and it ended up being the right stuff. Mm -hmm. But you can just as easily be taught the wrong stuff, right? And that's passed down. And that's why generation after generation after generation, you can essentially have, you know, the same mistakes, the same curse, the same, yeah. you know, problems that just keep on uh, breeding and propagating. But the, the thing is, is people have an interesting... Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. People have an interesting job ahead of them to kind of suss out what are yeah. lies, what is good, what is truth. And, you know, we, ha we live in this world where it's act, there's this active force, there's active yeah. forces. There's the, there's kind of the good and evil, if you will. And the, the, I guess the lies and truth, mm -hmm. if you will. And those come in many different forms. Sometimes they come in just culture. Sometimes they come in, you know, just people. Sometimes they come in friends and relationships. But the thing is, they always come through people. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that it's important to understand that because uh, what am I? What am I trying to say here? Yeah. No, I feel like if you're going. Yeah, I understand what you're trying to say. Like, it's really hard to navigate through right. personalities and see who's being honest with right. you and who's not or what to discern the truth. Yes. And the other thing that I find very interesting is you're a very quiet person. So I think, um, and this is the other funny thing I wanted to add is sometimes as a young person, you think when you're lying, you're getting away with what you, what you're saying. So you think people believe you and, and right. you, you have it wrong. A lot of people, a lot of people are, are smarter than you think. Um, but you have that, which is, you know, you're a very quiet person and you take in a lot of what people say. So it always feels like someone is getting away with lying to you. But <laughs> it's funny because like you said, you are really good at reading people. And I think, um, that's something people don't know about you is that you're really good at understanding and reading people. And I think both of us kind of are, but that has helped me a lot in life discerning through through things and navigating through certain truth because you'll come into relationships with people, whether it's friendships, whether it's um, intimate relationships with people, you know, and you're just trying to figure out if this person's lying to you or if this person's telling you the truth, how do you make the decision based on like, based on that? And, yeah. and you see the world nowadays. And I think that's a lot more clear that things are being, right. you're being deceived in, in little things, right? It's like the media is deceiving you. It uses its emotions. You see all of these tactics that are being used against you, like right. the emotional tactics that the media uses to try to convince you of their truth or what they want you to believe is right. the truth. And, um, it's very fascinating and interesting. something that we actually talk a lot about yeah, because 
we talk a lot about it because it's something that can derive you off of the path of right. where you should be headed, right? It's like you could be deceived and then you could be off track and then off a beaded path because someone manipulated and used a certain emotion right. to, to get you to go stray away from God, I would say. Because well, I, I think even, I wouldn't even say, I would say God, sure, yeah. but even just from the truth, because a lot of times people just have other incentives. So, mm -hmm. you know, the easiest one that I think a lot of people can relate to in some way is relationships, right? Yeah. You have a relationship, say boyfriend, girlfriend or something, and, you know, say that, you know, the guy just wants this and she wants this, but, you know, you're kind of stringing each other along or yeah. trying to get different things, but you're not completely honest or open. And, and maybe even with yourselves, you don't know what you want necessarily, or they don't know what they want, or they don't have the same value, you know? And so there's this, all of this stuff that you have to navigate through, but in say a more insidious or, you know, situation, it's like someone can just be lying to you, telling you yeah. what you want to hear being abusive or telling other people, don't talk to this person, don't do this. Oh, they're, they're lying or they're, you know? And so there are these things that are kind of insidious, but even mm -hmm. in the media, like you were saying, you know, you can look at say the Rittenhouse trial, for example, you know, half, half the people, and I'm just using rough numbers. I don't know if it's actually half, but are like, that was self-defense. Yeah. And the other half, for whatever reason are like, well, no, he's a murderer. And it's like, and he's, yeah. it's like, so how do you see the same thing? How do multiple people see the same thing and come to two very different conclusions? And sometimes it's just, or, or all the time, it's it goes into kind of what information you're taking, where you're taking it from, how mm -hmm. they're spinning it. And then also kind of your own internal desires of what you want to see. But there yeah. is still in all of that, there is still a truth. Yeah. And you have to suss out so much nowadays, like everything that comes in through the media and everything that comes in through even religions and cultures around the world. Mm -hmm. It's just like, man, there's so much for people to navigate. What's yeah. true? What's not true? Who's, who should you be with? Or who should you not? Who, what relationship should you keep? Mm -hmm. What should you cut off? You know, who's God? You know, is this God? Is this God? Is this yeah. God? Is there no God? And, you know, it's almost like in some ways, it's almost like this massive, I don't, I don't want to call it a test, but that's the best word I can think of right now, but it's almost like this massive life test yeah. of like, who do you have faith in? Who do you surround yourself with? Who do you serve? Mm -hmm. And are all these lies that are you're being bombarded by, um, are they going to take precedent? So yeah. you can be someone who's like, okay, I'm an environmentalist. The world's going to end if I don't do something. I need to save the world. I need to save the world. I need to save the world. And that's your top priority. And you volunteer for all these clubs and you recycle and you do it. And again, nothing wrong with being passionate about something or, but when it becomes the top thing yeah. above God, mm -hmm. and that's the big thing in all of this is when things become greater than God, mm -hmm. when your mom becomes greater than God, when your dad becomes greater than God, when your family does, your culture does, your job does, your your, your girlfriend does, your yeah. boyfriend does, that's when you're in major trouble. Yeah. And all of us do that. Like even, you know, with the business stuff I did in the past that was mm -hmm. really difficult, you know, and I just like worked nonstop, hardcore, 24 seven for years and years and years and years. And before that education, I just studied every single day for yeah. years and years and years and years and years. And, you know, I had reasons for doing that, but in a way I put those ahead of everything else. Mm -hmm. And there's consequences to that. And, you know, in some ways, those are kind of lies you tell yourself. Yes. You tell yourself that, you know, when I was younger, I was like, okay, I want to get into Stanford and mm -hmm. I have to get A's and everything. And this is, and it wasn't like I was interested in it and I was pushing myself. And most people would say, that's great. Like you're driven. It's like, wow, you did, did these amazing yeah. things. But, you know, being a little bit older now, it was, it was definitely a ride. It was definitely fun. It was definitely interesting times. But, you know, as you get wiser, 
you learn what's important and yeah. what's not important. Yeah. And you learn what the lies are mm-hmm. and who's telling the lies and why they're telling the lies. Yeah. And I think that that's an interesting part is why people tell lies and why people lie. Yeah. And it, it actually is distilled down to some very simple, simple reasons. So for example, you know, I am not a fan of the um, Islamic doctrine. Mm-hmm. I think that's clear. Um, but it's not because I don't, I'm just like a hater. It's because I understand the doctrine. I understand the theology. I understand where it came from. I understand a lot of things about it. Yeah. Um, very detailed things. And so I've come to the conclusion that this is a lie. It's actually a grand lie. And um, so someone could say, well, you just don't know what you're talking about. You haven't studied blah, 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 blah. But you have to say then, well, okay, let's, let's kind of look at this at a high level. You have these different religions, you have these different cultures, you have these different things and they have opposition, meaning you can't believe one and believe the other mm-hmm. because one says this person's wrong and the other one says this person's wrong, mm-hmm. right? So just in that, you know, you have to say, say from a religion point of view, they're kind of opposed, right? It's like, yeah. and let's just take Islam and Christianity just, just to be direct. So Islam says particular things and Christianity says particular things and they can't both be true, mm-hmm. okay? So one of them's true or the other one's and the other one's not, and vice versa. And then you have to question, like, what's the point of the lie? Is it just ignorance? Is it just um, mis, uh, I don't know, misguided, you're just misguided, or whatever the case may be? And it, there's a lot of different things that will factor into that. It's like, well, my parents were this, and mm-hmm. so I just grew up like that. Yeah, I don't really understand it. I don't really know much about it. And so there's the, some ignorance aspects. And then say someone's a leader, a religious leader, and they say, well, you need to believe this and you can't question it because that's where their power derives. That's where their financial power derives. That's where their influence, influential power uh, derives. And so people inherently want this control or influence or whatever you want to call it. And so that drives people's desire to also push people to believe something or something else, right? Yeah. It's, it's not always a selfless thing. It's, it's oftentimes a, you know, even a company and, you know, running ads, it's like, I want you to buy my product. I, it's 50% better than this other product. It's like, well, is it 50% better? It's like, well, that lies for financial gain. And, yeah. you know, say a religious lie is for, is via either ignorance or misguidedness or for power. Yeah. Right? And I think there's a little bit of selfish, selfishness to like, everybody humans right Right. it's like everyone's gonna say something that's beneficial to themselves even people like because the other lie is not just the world lying to you and people lying to you is you also lying to yourself right and that's the other thing is like when you lie to yourself about things why do you lie to yourself about it right for me i was lying to myself about a lot of things because i didn't want to have to face the truth because i didn't want to have to go through the tough times i didn't want to have to go through the pain and the suffering right because what happens is when you know the truth you're better to stay ignorant what do they say there's a saying what you don't know is bliss ignorant is bliss and what you don't know doesn't hurt you right so if i lie to myself or i'm like i don't want to know that information I don't know about it and it doesn't, I don't feel like I have to do something or I don't have to confront it. Um, and I don't have to suffer through it or go through that pain. And I think that's the other problem that a lot of people have is they don't want to have to go through the suffering and the pain and see what's on the other side and they protect themselves from that. So with the whole religious thing, um, with even Islam and Christianity, it's like, there is a truth. There is a truth. 
but do I want to know the truth or do I want to lie to myself and not know the truth because I don't want to have to suffer for the truth. And I didn't want to have to suffer for the truth, but I, and I eventually did and it was worth it, but it's still difficult. Right. So that's the thing. It's like, so politics or the world, right? If you're standing up to the world and you're saying, no, these are my convictions and this is the truth, I'm standing up for it. You're going to be outcasted by your friends, your community, your, you know, even maybe family members who have opposing values. I mean, you have, you see that it's like, we are taught to love our neighbors, but now we live in a world where you stay away from your neighbor and you hate your neighbor because I don't know, they didn't get a a shot or something, whatever. But you're always going to suffer for the truth to some certain extent. Well, and I think that goes to a high level thing, which is um, that the truth is, you know, I would say godly, if you will, or holy, if you will. And the lies are evil and deception and unholy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it goes back to the same forces, you know, there are forces in this world. And that's another thing that I, you know, we could talk briefly about, but a lot of times people think that, we're just hanging out in this world and, you know, just running around and doing whatever we're doing. And we are, but there's other spiritual forces that influence and have impacts and have, you know, different um, tools to manipulate and to kind of direct the world in a different direction. And it's, it's sometimes hard for people to really internalize that because it was for me for a while. And I think, you know, you read in the Bible, you read in different literature, even, in, you know, Islamic uh, uh, literature that, you know, there's these jinn or these spirits or there's mm-hmm. the shaitan or there's the Satan. Yeah. And, you know, you just kind of sometimes when you're sometimes it's easy to like say, OK, yeah, sure. Those things existed or they used to exist or they're in the book. And, you know, sure. But they're actually real forces. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe in like the actual spiritual forces, which you should, because they're actually real. Yeah. Um, I know this. Um, but if you don't, then it's kind of you can just call it the forces of good and evil. Yeah. And they're active and they're trying to do things and they're in opposition to, you know, God's plan. And, and, you know, if you read the Bible, you'll understand a bit more about that. Um, But it's clear that it's infused in society. It's in our culture. It's been since the beginning of time. There's always been this dichotomy for whatever. There's really no reason that you can come up with other than there's some grand divine sort of war going on between the two. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that, you know, these lies are working for the dark side, if you will. Yeah. And the truth is working for the light side. Mm-hmm. And you just go back and forth. Like, you know, we've talked to tons of people. We talked to tons of people all the time. And it's like, okay, this relationship's like this, or, you know, this is like this, or, you know, these are the facts here. And it's so difficult. And it does take time because you have to learn, you know, this is a learning process, but it can be difficult to point something out to someone that may be so obvious to you. Um, and for them to really internalize and understand that and understand why it's important, understand the consequences of it as well. Yeah. So if you make a decision based on a lie, it's probably going to probably not going to end up too well. But if you make decisions based on truth and based on the light and based on good values and based on things that are holy, mm-hmm. that takes you to a place that is, you know, filled, you know, not all the time because there are definitely trials and tribulations throughout life, no matter what you believe. But yeah. it's through you know, you grow and you become joyous and you become, you know, content and you become Mm -hmm. in relationship with God. And that's an opposition to the lies. Um, and it's just, I don't know, I'm trying to explain it, but it's like the, the, 
evil forces are always running around trying to confuse you. Yeah. And I mean, and there's evil forces, not only in the world, but even our, our body, exactly. our, our flesh your is own, opposing. Your own mind. Yeah. Your own mind, your heart, it's opposing, you know, the spirit it's opposing it's right. The fruit of the spirit is self-control. And so for me, I always kind of think about the beginning of times, you know, like Adam and Eve in the garden. It's like, it's like the snake came to her and he didn't like, flat out lie to her. He deceived her and he made her question God's word. Right. And that is the deception of the world. And even well questioning, you know, God's word, but also questioning the truth. So God's like, here's the truth. This is what I told you. This is facts. The devil's like, are they facts? Uh, Really? Did he really, God really say that though? Like, are you sure he said this tree, that fruit? And that's the thing when, and that's the problem that a lot of us have in the world provides is that questioning God's word because the truth is found in Jesus, right? And in John 14, six, Jesus says that I am the way and the truth and the life. So he didn't just say that he is the way he's saying he is the truth and the life. So when the world has you questioning God's words and is opposing the word that is, you know, the word of God, then you know that you're being... Well, it's, yeah, you know that there's something else going on. But yeah. the thing is, is, you know, even before that, you have to question, well, where is God's word? Is it God's word yeah. in the Quran? Is it in the Bible? Is it in this or that? And, mm-hmm. you know, the funny thing is, I always say this, it's like, there's only a handful of texts out there that you can, you know, yeah. we always talk about this. And some people say, I'm so confused. There's so many religions and things. It's like... It's not really that many. I mean, and I think we listened to before. You got the atheists, you got the Buddhists who are kind of in a similar camp. You got the Mm -hmm. Hindus, which have been around since the beginning of the time, multi, you know, polytheists worshiping all sorts of gods. God, God, Yahweh is, doesn't like that stuff. Very clear. Um, And then you got uh, Judaism and Christianity, which is Mm -hmm. kind of just a growth out of that, if you will. And then you have Islam, which is like this kind of like. Yeah, I mean, like this, and so this is the thing. Like you said, so there's not that many. I guess to choose from, it's two books, right? It's the Quran, the Bible, and then I mean, we can ignore every other book. I mean, you know, that is out there, like the Book of Mormon, all that other stuff. But essentially, you have the Bible. So if you are a you know a Christian person and you believe in the Bible, it's like you know that there's the text that you have right in front of you is the truth. There is truth in that. So again, you know, we kind of are outlining a problem, but now I guess we're kind of outlining the solution. And maybe this is how I found the truth or how I'm guided in my everyday life, because we're guided in our everyday life based on the relationship we have with Jesus. And we know that there's truth in him. And so we're seeking him to tell us whether or not we should go left or right about everything, right? Should we buy this house? Should we pray about having another kid? You know, should we sell this? Should we get this job? Should we do this? So every day you're living, making a decision, but you're seeking the truth, which is Christ. Right, right. You are, but you're also using, you know, the handbook for life, which is the Bible. Exactly. But this is the weird thing. This is the interesting thing to me. And, you know, I suppose I'm fortunate for having, you know, grown up Christian just from the basis. I mean, we weren't hardcore Christian or anything like that, but it was like, that was always, you know, our religion. And then as I grew up, I kind of was kind of frustrated with all the churches that we had gone to, to be honest. I thought they were stupid. And so I just read the Bible myself and kind of went on my own journey um, to find, you know, the truth. And, and I, and I did, and it took many years and it took, you know, dedication and looking and and seeking. But the thing is, is like, what's funny to me is, you know, and I said this to someone recently, even if you don't believe in Christianity or 
you know, that God or whatever else. It's like the Bible is like the best book <laughs> ever. Like, no, it really no, is. No, you like, said that to me one time in the very beginning. You said that to me, actually, which is funny. You said it's, exactly. it's, it's, it's based. I mean, I don't remember what I said exactly, yeah. but as far as literature goes, mm-hmm. as far as compilations of books go, as far as like, you know, records and transcripts and, and all this other stuff, it's like, like number one. And I'm not yeah. saying I, I'm coming from a biased position, but I'm saying that as a, you know, quote unquote scientist, as a person of look, you know, looking at it definitively, it is a remarkable book. Yes. Historically, mm-hmm. you know, just you know, just how it's written, Mm -hmm. just how it's hyperlinked back to like, like all the references to, and it's like, it is actually a amazing book. There is nothing that compares on this planet. Absolutely not. And to me, that's fascinating because there's been a lot of writers, Mm -hmm. you know, you got your, you know, different, uh, uh, you know, old texts. I can't remember like Iliad or different things you have, you know, you just have these different people that were famous for like writing these books way back when, but nothing compares to the biblical compilation. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't, it just yeah. doesn't. And so to me, it's like, Oh, that's interesting. You have this, you know, this book that has stood the test of time and, you know, is the best selling book of all time. And it's, you know, anyone who looks at it, you know, has to concede that it is, it is quite the compilation. Um, and so you, you come at it from that angle, say whatever um, but then you do have to decide you know, is this true? Am I going to say that this is truth? Yeah. Because even in, you know, certain Christian denominations, they don't take the Bible as seriously as they should. Yeah. Like, you know, even, you know, you could say Catholicism with the catechism and other books and so forth, or you could even say Book of Mormon on top of other stuff. It's like the Bible is the go-to. Yeah. The, the Holy Bible. And, but you have to accept that and you have to believe that. But once you get into it and once you start comparing comparing notes or doing your research or whatever else over time, my conviction in it has grown tremendously. Yes. Um, and it's by, it's through experiencing things that you don't think could ever happen to you. It's through life and seeing things happen. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost, it's, it's kind of like a little bit of a leap of faith. Like, okay, you know, God, okay, I'm going to buy in. I'm going to read this, like, help me to understand it. And you go through and you go through or you say, nah, I think this is stupid. I don't understand it. And then you just go somewhere yeah, else you and you do... look for Netflix. So you look for some sort of self-help books. Let me tell yeah. you this. I've read every single self-help, uh, self-help book under the sun. Okay. I've been on this journey for what quite some time now, almost eight years. I've read every single book um, that helps you let go of trauma, that helps you let go of, you know, anxiety, fear. I mean, I've read everything under the sun that's related to anxiety, fear, um, depression, um, confusion, finding your passion, understanding your goals in life or who you want to be or how to do, how to parent or like so many different books that I've read and nothing compares to the Bible. Nothing. It's like, okay, I want to get, you know, understand anxiety and fear, go to the book of Romans. Like, you know, it's like, I want to understand how, you know, to deal with uh, parenting. It's like, God tells you right there. It's like, there's, and it's alive and it speaks to your heart. There's never been a book that I've read, okay, that has spoken to my heart and has like made me come alive and has like brought me like out of the depression or out of the sadness or fear or anxiety of what I should do next. It's like, I find answers in the Bible. And that's the thing. It is a confusing, intimidating thing at first to approach it. But like you have the, 
it's like the best self book, self help book out there. And even for you know people who are Christians and who you know haven't read the Bible or who are intimidated by the Bible or whatever the case is, it's like there's truth in that. There's life in that. There's guidance in that. Like it is there for you so that you can navigate through life. Yeah. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And I think that it's surprising. It's surprising and not surprising. You know, we all get busy. Like I remember, like I said, I, I was in school and I studied like every day and, you know, did engineering and got a, got s- several degrees in that, but it took so much of my time. It took so much of my mind share and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's paid off if you will. So it's, that's, that was part of, you know, the journey, but then there was also, um, you know, businesses and other things that I was working on that just take up so much time. And it wasn't until, you know, I don't know, I was just running hard, hard, hard until I think maybe the kidney thing happened. And then I, yeah. I kind of got a little bit more sober about life, you know, cause I think in the other podcast I mentioned, you know, I, I thought I was just in, invincible. And you really do think that in a 20, in your twenties as, as a male, I think, or at least people used to, I mean, yeah. I don't know what they think now <laughs> if they're confused about all sorts of things I like know. their gender and stuff. But anyway, I felt, I felt, <laughs> I felt invincible and you know, the thing that kind of sometimes trips people into really taking, it's funny, taking like life seriously, yeah. not, not even life seriously, like your, your mortality seriously mm-hmm. is either when you're in like a huge life changing season where, you know, maybe you're getting divorced, maybe, you know, someone died in the family yeah. or maybe you're diagnosed with some sort of disease or you just really, you know, get confronted with like, Hey, you know, I need to figure out what this is all about. Yeah. Like I need to figure out why the heck I'm here, what the heck we're I'm yeah. gonna be doing later on, like what the heck I'm doing after I die. It's it's fascinating, you know, and I've always thought about this stuff and I've always, you know, had the Bible to kind of reference that and you have your beliefs. Um, but you kinda have to move past that mm-hmm. and then start like living as you're supposed to. So a lot of times in religions it's like, okay, when you die, this is what I'm focused on. When I die, I'm gonna go to heaven or I'm not gonna go to heaven and something like that, but it's actually much more than that. So it's like you were saying before is the word and the truth is a guidebook for joy in this life Mm -hmm. as well. And for guidance in this life as well. And I think it sometimes, maybe that's the second stage. The first stage is, you know, and it's, I I hate this kind of way of saying it. It's like, I don't want to burn in hell. You know, so I I need yeah. to figure out what's going to happen to me, but that's so shallow. Um, it it's it is a, you know, it is a concern. It is like something that should be taken into consideration because, you know, if you believe in nothing, you're going to end up as nothing, right? Yeah. Or if you believe in God, then you got to figure out what what the heck God is, got requ- yeah. what his requirements are. Yeah, but I think some people, uh, and for me, it was a little bit of that, but also just like my soul is aching. Like I'm in pain, like not like physical pain. I'm in emotional, spiritual pain. And how do I stop my soul from aching? How do I stop feeling lost? How do I stop feeling worthless? How do I stop feeling depressed and sad? And, you know, like, I don't know where I'm going with my life. And I think um, when, I mean, of course, like, you know, your eternal, you know, eternal life is important, but in this world, that's what you're seeking, right? You're like, oh, maybe if I get into this relationship, my soul will stop aching. Maybe if I drink more, party more, self-care more, or go on this vacation, or, you know, maybe if I just get a different job. And and then you realize that it's not about your job or it's not about the relationship that you're in that brings that peace to your soul, that joy to your soul. It's Jesus Christ. And I, and I, 
always sound preachy when I say that, but when you find the truth and the happiness, like I've gone through a lot of different things and, you know, I've, uh, you know, that through the last Mm -hmm. eight years, like I've gone through seasons where I have really had bad depression and anxiety and, and, and all of that. And so for me, it's like, I want to shout at the rooftops because I found how to make my soul, my soul stop aching. And so yeah, like, like you said, there's different, there's different things, but I would say the majority, especially in the generation we live in now in the world that we live in now, you're not going to find happiness or peace, you know, going on social media and telling someone off. I don't know. It's just, we live in a weird world where the world is trying to convince you that a, you can find your own peace. You can create your own perfect world. And, you know, apart from God and like, you don't need this, or, you know, maybe if you change your gender, you're going to feel more like yourself and it's just deception and it's, it's lies. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we're seeing just so much of that, you know, like, um, you know, just even the idea like, oh, everybody's racist and everybody, you can be a boy or a girl, or if you don't get this shot, you're going to die or going to kill people. It's just like the amount of lies and deception that are just, per, uh, what is it? Per, perpetuated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There we go. Perpetuated <laughs> at this juncture is astounding. Yeah. It's astounding. Yeah. And, you know, I think it behooves all of us, um, to you say, stop, mm-hmm. like, stop. Yeah. And, and that's what, what's a little bit frustrating is that people are worried about telling the truth. Yeah. Like the truth is gets you in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say honestly, you know, how you feel or what's actually true or that this isn't going to make you happy. You know, people are kind of self-righteous and entitled. They think, you know, I should be able to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And it's like a lot of the things that you're doing are just going to make you miserable. That's why you're miserable and you want to do the things yeah, that you're talking about. And it's self-destructive, right? But they're like, well, I, you can't tell me what to do and yada, yada, yada. But it's this lie that you're on your own, that this is all about you, that the world revolves around you. It doesn't. Like, yeah. I hate to break it to you, but the world does not revolve around you. No, it does not. It doesn't. It revolves around God. Yeah. That's what the world revolves around. That's who created all this. That's who we're servant to. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the dude that like at the end of all of this, you're going to yeah. be sitting there and it's going to be like, this is the guy, this is the king, this is the head honcho. Yeah. And you were worried about chopping off your dick. I don't know. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing to me, honestly, is the fact that like, People don't, I don't think people truly understand God's design for the world and how he intended for us to live our life. Because somehow I feel like the world has convinced us and deceived us into thinking God is not for us and he's against us. And like, you know, we can, like, God is going to make us miserable. If we follow Jesus, we're going to be miserable. Like, or something like that. Like, I feel like for me, like our relationship. Well, well, it's the lie. It is the the lie. The lie is the same. It's the lie from the garden, which is. God doesn't want you to be happy. He just wants to hurt you and he wants to control you and he wants Mm -hmm. to make it not fun for you. I mean, God created this craziness. Like the thing that I always go back to is like, and this is going to sound stupid, but like, look at your hand, like look at your hand and move your fingers. Like that's a remarkable thing. I know that's a simple thing, but like what's going on in your brain, what's going on in all your nerves and all this flesh that you have in all those cells Mm -hmm. and they're all propagating and perpetuating in this thing that happens 24 seven, you know, for decades, like that's all designed by God. And then all the stuff around us. And then even this house you're listening to, and even this 
podcasts that you're listening to, the internet, like all this, this physics, all these systems, all the things that everything's based on mm-hmm. was created and designed. And like, I don't care what anyone says, they're created and designed. Like if you don't, if you don't think they're created and designed, I don't know what to tell you. You need to like check yourself before you wreck yourself because <laughs> these things don't happen by chance. No. And so just the ability. The, the fact that we have all of these things, we have all these different types of food, we have all these different types of places, mm-hmm. all these different types of animals and trees and and plants and all these things. It's like God created this environment and mm-hmm. this galaxy and this universe that is just sprawling with creativity and things to enjoy with rules around what's best not rules to say like oh i'm taking stuff from you about what is the right way the best way the most fulfilling way to live your life to live your life yeah and that's the thing it's like the creator of the universe your creator the person who created all of us everything in this world has is basically saying this is the best way this is the best way to live your life that's going to bring you the most joy and you're going to be fulfilled if you live this way but then you see the world coming to you and saying, no, I don't really think that's what he meant. I think if you do this or do that. And again, the, that's the deception and the lies. But it, it. Yeah. And you can get, you know, pleasure out of a lot of things temporarily. Like, you know, if you want to go and sleep around with everyone, yeah, you're going to get this pleasure for a little bit. But then afterwards, you're going to be depressed. You're not yeah. going to have anybody. You're going to devalue yourself. Yeah. And that's what happens. It's the funny thing is, is like. You look at all these people who are just living recklessly, if you will. Yeah. And it's like, are you really happy? Because you don't think you know what joy is. No. Because joy comes from, you know, holiness. Yes. That's where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And all these other things are temporary physical pleasures. Like even just being a glutton and eating all this food and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff, or even, you know, having, you know, sexual ambitions that are unchecked. It's just like, sure, you get this temporary you know, dopamine yeah. real quick, but it's like, it's not a holistic, it's like, it's like you're dying. It's, yeah. I you mean, know. it's like being like doing drugs. It's like, you still chasing the high. It's like, right. you're still, your soul is still aching, you know, going back to that concept. It's like, what is fulfilling your soul? Because there's something inside of you that needs healing and needs fulfillment that's greater than yourself. So do whatever you want to do in this world and think that, you know, going on a vacation or sleeping with this person or getting into a different relationship is going to, is going to serve you, but you're kind of doing yourself a a disservice because you're hurting yourself. Like, and that's the, the other thing. It's like, you know, the enemy is not only destroying things it's destroying you it's like that's part of its it's it's it's, it's it's goal too that's that's its objective um yeah so it but going kind of back and circling back to the the kind of the initial thing that we started which which was kind of the lies and the strongholds you know it's it's one of those things where this chaos and confusion and destruction is the objective yeah and it's difficult to suss out Who's doing that? Because like I said before, it, it works through people. Yeah. Um, and people work through themselves too. You know, mm-hmm. I always say this, I said, I think, you know, and we heard this at church as well and kind of hijacked it, but you know, the devil really get, does get a lot too much credit. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it's just people being stupid, yeah. you know, it's, and it's your own flesh and your own desires that mm-hmm. cause you to, you know, lack oh. of self-control mm-hmm. to these things. And then you create some problem and then you create some issue that isn't, 
um, for lack of a better word, holy. And then you end up down this path where you have this baggage or you have this relationship or you have this kid that you didn't expect or you have these finances that you can't handle and it becomes difficult to get out. Now that said, you know, the solution is always turning to God and and kind of resetting and and building from there. And, And he really will help you get through things. It's not necessarily going to be easy, but he definitely will. But it's just fascinating that the confusion is so strong and it's so easy to do Mm -hmm. um, that people, people don't even see it. People don't even know that the bluff is happening. They don't even know that they, they're taking this information from the media or they're taking it from some friend or someone else who doesn't even have the life experience to give you that advice. Like, it's like, if you, if you weren't successful at this thing, you might have learned some things. You might yeah. have learned some things like what not to do, but you you really have to take an intro, you know, an in, introverted sort of or introspective sort of look and figure out what decisions were made that kind of took you down this path. What flat red flags did you not see? What decisions mm-hmm. or relationships or places did you go that? you were doing that out of your own selfish desires or yeah. and maybe even good intentions, but someone else was deceiving, deceiving as well. Yeah. It's just hard to navigate. I mean, it's. Yeah. And like you said, going back to the beginning of, of, of that and kind of just where we are in our life, it's like, I could say comfortably and confidently that we're in a joyful season in our life. Like things are hard, like definitely things, anything can be hard, but like we're grounded and we have a firm foundation that even if we're going through the hardest thing, the hardest season of our life, like there's still joy to be found. Right. Mm, right. And I feel like, um, I feel like with the deception of just like what's going on in the world, something that I always go back to is like the fact that people can be used to, to kind of, I don't know, people come in and out of your life, right? People, a lot of people have come in and out of our life and, when you want to be accepted and you have certain insecurities, those insecurities come up and then it deceives you from the truth. Like, I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, Right. So like fear, for example, like this whole COVID thing, right? It's like fear is what is the emotion that is being used to control you. And so you have this, you know, this whole COVID thing that's happening and, you know, and it's this fearful thing that has been instilled in people. So people have all this fear and anxiety about being around other people and, and whether they're going to die or if this person's going to get them well, sick. And- yeah. I, I would, I would pause it to say that fear is always the thing that controls you. It's, it's really true. the only thing that controls you. And let me, maybe let me try and flush that out a little bit. So you know, if you have some sort of religion and it's, you're fearful, if you yeah. do this and you're in fear, that you ask a question or that you change your mind or whatever, then you're going to get in trouble or Mm -hmm. someone's going to yell at you or someone's going to be like, why are you doing that? That's control through fear. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is, is like, say you're in a relationship and it's an abusive one and you know, you have low self-esteem, but you know, it's like, Oh, I don't think I can get anybody else. And you're afraid you're making, you're being controlled because of the fear Mm -hmm. of that person not accepting you or leaving you or you're not being able to find someone else. So what, what actually ends up happening as I'm kind of thinking through my head is fear is the thing that controls you. Mm-hmm. You know, even the COVID thing, like you're saying, it's fear that controls the people and it's fear that like, I don't want to die or what's going to happen. Or they're saying this or they're saying that it's fear that's causing that. Yeah. The people who aren't afraid, they're free. Yeah. Right. They're free. Mm-hmm. People who love are free. Yeah. People who aren't afraid are free. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's just how it works. And it's, it's funny because it's so clear that that's how it works. You know, nothing, nothing good comes out of a fear-based control. Well, it's funny because God is not the spirit. Jesus is not the spirit of fear, right? right. That's not the spirit that God is operating in. Mm-mm. So the spirit of fear is only Satan's operation, right? Like, and that's very clear. Like God's spirit is not the spirit of fear. Like anything that's like, even in Islam, right? It's like you have the spirit of fear, whether it's the jinn, the shaitan, the religious people being afraid you're going to get in trouble, people being, you know, judging you, people, you know, wanting to come for your life. Like you're afraid. There's all this fear. It's, it's a, a fear-based and religion and that, that controls you. Right from leaving because you don't want people to hate you. You don't want people to talk about you. You don't want people to, you don't want to lose your family. You know, you don't want to be a disgrace to your community. There's all this fear, you're bonded. Like it's like the bondage. It's like you're bounded by this fear. And again, God is not the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear does not exist in it's like, that's not the spirit. We have the Holy spirit and that's the spirit of love and truth and life. And so for me, when I think about, you know, how can, what advice can I give someone if someone were to come up to me and say, okay, well, what advice do you, would you give me to get out of this situation and to live a better, a happier, joyful life? It's like, first of all, I would say, stop running away from facing the truth and stop running away from God. And when I say facing the truth, I mean Jesus, because like he said, I am the way and the truth. So first stop running away because that's the direction I'm going to tell you to have, you have to run back in. Yeah. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is going that way, it, um, it creates fear in that person that controls them and prevents them from going that way. Again, yeah. the fear is the controller. So it's, it's funny cause there's, there's nothing wrong with like doing your research, exploring, trying yeah. to understand, Yeah. but there's this fear of, okay, what if, what if I understand? What if I learn something I don't like? What if I, then my family's going to be mad or this is going to happen or that's going to happen. And again, you know, I used to say way back when, you know, if I'm uncomfortable and I'm afraid of something, that's yeah. probably the direction I need to be yeah. headed in a way. And now yeah. you have to take that a little bit in context where it's like, I, I used to be, you know, terrified of public speaking and, and, you know, just mingling with people and all that. And I, and I realized like that fear was controlling me, mm-hmm. that fear was making it so I couldn't do things. Yeah. And it, you know, there's a lot of people that know me when I was younger and I, you know, was a kid that was like looking at the ground, wouldn't make eye contact with anybody. You know, I was this uber nerd who just studied and, you know, and, and that's it. But at a certain juncture when I was doing some business stuff, I realized, and this is a, a good thing about me is once I realize what's going on, I can make a plan and I can overcome it. So, yeah. you know, there was this one year, it was quite a while ago. I was like, okay, well, obviously this is a problem. And obviously this is preventing me from moving forward and what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to meet a new person every single day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to do that. I was afraid to do that, yeah. you know, but it was something of like a little bit of self gro- self growth. But my litmus test was, why am I afraid of doing this? What's yeah. going to, what's the harm that's going to come. And it's like, well, people might think like I'm weird or like they might, you know, think that I'm awkward, but it's like, that's the whole, I'm that's, that's why I need to do this is to get over that fear, which is unjustified. like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You know, giving a presentation, you know, public speaking is like one of the greatest fears of people or whatever they say, or there's some stat, like, I don't know, people hate it, but it's like, and I can understand that is, it is a quote unquote scary thing for different reasons, but 
it's like they're all unjustified fears. Yeah. Like it's like no one's going to remember you and they're going to you're going to do fine and just relax. And when you do that, then you're fine. Yeah. Um, even, you know, some podcasts and videos I made years ago on YouTube, I, I did that because I was like, I need to get out of my comfort zone yeah. and just move forward. Um, but like you said earlier, fear does have a grip on people mm-hmm. fear. And then once it gets a grip, it kind of then will whisper in your ear lies, yeah. you know, yeah. like you're like, not good enough or, you know, you're not smart enough right. or, you know, you're not going to find a better relationship than this or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. But that's, that's, again, you have to ask yourself, like, why is this holding, what's holding me back what, from this relationship? Right. Because what we're trying to encourage you and everything and all of this is the relationship that we pray that everyone that is listening, you know, builds with Jesus Christ. Like that's our goal and our mission. Right. And so for me, and this can go with, to someone who's Muslim, this can go to someone who had a bad experience. I, I guess you could say, like, say they had a parent who passed away and they're like, just don't want to have a relationship with God because they're mad or they don't understand why that happened or whatever the reason is. Right. And so whatever it is, is holding you back from this relationship. What is it? Yeah. And I, I guess I would add to that, that the relationship is essential. And I, and I want to, I want to say it's essential for a successful, full life. I agree. And even if you don't know that now, what you'll find is you'll find it in your kids Mm -hmm. when they grow up and they maybe don't turn out how you thought, or maybe their value system isn't what you thought, or they don't have that godly Jesus sort of force to rely on. And Mm -hmm. when things get tough, they go off the rails. So there's more to it than just like, you know, yourself, you know, and I think that became you know, clear for us too, when we started having kids, it's like, we're responsible for these kids, our jobs to build them up, to give them the tools that they're going to be successful in this life and the next and whatever else. And, you know, when you start thinking about it that way, you're obligated to do your best to understand and to guide them. And we're all human, you know, we all make Mm -hmm. mistakes and you don't have that many years before, you know, say you're in your twenties or thirties and you have kids. It's like you weren't alive that long. Yeah. So you really do have to make an effort to really understand and to learn and to have that relationship yourself, build that with Jesus so that you can pass that on to your children Mm -hmm. because the world is out to get them. Yes. You know, the world really is at this point. And, um, you know, even if, yeah, it's just, that's just the case. And you, you are not always going to be there for them. You might pass away. You might be somewhere. They might be at someone else's house. They might be at school. And, you know, for us, it's, it's very important that we instill in our children, you know, Jesus, you know, and that relationship, not even, Mm -hmm. you know, the word and all that's important. Obviously they're young. and, And so they have to learn that over time. Just like, you know, we teach them math or English or whatever. We teach them, you know, Bible stuff, but more than that is that relational aspect. It's not a ritualistic aspect. So we could be like, oh, pray and do it this way and do this and do all these rituals and we go here and it means nothing. That means nothing. That's the craziest thing to me that is just so simple. It's very simple, right? And again, like coming from the background that I come from, of course, it's going to feel like this is too simple. This is too easy because wait, I don't have to pray five times a day or I don't have to do this or do that. But it's simple. It's Jesus in the name of Jesus, you, you know, you 
it's like, that's it. And that relationship is foundational. That relationship is the relationship that guides you through life. And that's the person that we all need to rely on, right? Like Ryan said, we're not going to always be there for our kids. Like we, we, something could happen to them when we're not around, but also there's only so much we can do. Like we're humans. Like I can't do, you know, certain things like I need, I'm like in co-partnering with, with God, right? It's like Mm -hmm. you have to partner with God to help me raise these children because he has more power than me. Like all I can do is pray over them and teach them the word and the foundation so that they have that foundation to go off of when they grow up. And then I have to be like, okay, God, it's in your hands. I'm praying that, you know, they find a good spouse and they live a good, you know, full life. Yeah. But, but that, that relationship is critical because there's, there's going to be a lot of people who are listening to this who are like, you know, I raise my kids well, I, I discipline them, you know, that if they do bad things, I tell them don't do that. And, you know, they're well-respected and, or they're respectful. And so you can have all of these things yeah. and, you know, you can have a decent kid that doesn't protect them though. And so it doesn't protect them for the rest of their life. It doesn't give them a methodology for guidance, mm-hmm. like where to go for guidance, like, like God-based guidance. And it, it's just funny because it's it's an incomplete way of parenting to do it without God. And, I, yeah. and you know, someone may be like, oh, Ryan, you're crazy. I, I can raise my kids. It, you're wrong. Yeah. You're absolutely wrong. And you will see it mm-hmm. and you're going to see it in the most destructive ways. Yeah. And it, it's going to be heart wrenching because you're going to be like, well, what happened or what went wrong? Yeah. And the thing is, is you didn't have that foundation. You didn't have that relationship to resist T- mm-hmm. temptation to guide you to where you need to go when you're in college or your kids are in college or they have this difficult time or someone says this because there's always people that will be out there's always evil out there to get, yeah, get them there's and, evil influence out there i mean no, no, no matter what right it's like your kid's gonna go to college or they're gonna be in a certain relationship and they need to know like what is love right mm-hmm. because jesus is love and that's the thing when you know and understand the love of christ it's like you can compare that love to the people that you meet right like mm-hmm. for me even being in a relationship with you i didn't know what it was that i was seeking or i wanted and i didn't know jesus but you showed me this kind of love, like you demonstrated the love of Christ to me. And when I learned about Jesus and I learned about, you know, the love that is Jesus, it's like, I was like, okay, you did a good job demonstrating that you walked that for me. Right. But I feel like in life, it's like a lot of people don't understand what love is. They think that love is something that ends up being destructive to them, right? They're in a, an abusive relationship or they get raised a certain way in, in their home and then they think that's love. And, you know, our parents and our, the people who raise us are not perfect people. And yeah, yeah. I, I would say, though, that you could be taught to think whatever is whatever, uh, Yeah. right? I mean, you, there's plenty of examples just from a psychological research or whatever point of view where, you know, you can, I mean, you could probably raise someone in a prison right or a dungeon and really and they would think it's normal if they didn't know any different yeah that's true so you know you can teach a kid what love is in in just a weird way it's like you know they you know your parents could never say it or they could you know be very strict but it's like i'm doing this because i love you yeah and they could be thinking like well i'm so strict and and cold because i'm trying to instill this discipline in you Mm -hmm. um and it's like okay but that's 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 a there's definitely discipline is part of a loving relationship mm-hmm. for children, but there's a way to go about it. And there's also 
a loving, loving relationship. And there's also, you know, just balancing things out. And, but again, the, the example is, you know, in the Bible, it's in, it's in Christ, mm-hmm. but it's, but people often come up with their own rendition of things yeah. because if you don't have, you know, some sort of guidebook, if you will, then it's going to be culture or tradition or yeah. something else that, that, you know, sets that up. And, yeah. you know, there are some cultures that, um, pretty weird ideas. Yeah. Um, and you know, culture and tradition can be very powerful though, because everyone's doing it. So that's what, just what you do. And so, yeah, yeah, everyone's verbally abusive here and that's just how it is in this household. And it's like, well, that's okay. I get that's how it is, but that doesn't mean it's right. Just because everyone's doing something doesn't mean that it's right. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Like, and it's kind of this herd mentality, this crowd mentality. And then it's like, well, if I have to deal with it, then someone else in, you know, the same community has to deal with it. It's like, we're all in it together, but it does cause destruction. It does cause issues. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. So. No, it's funny. I have a little funny story to tell you about culture because, you know, when you first start, like you were, um, when I first started dating you, I had this idea in my mind based on like all the shows and movies and stuff that I watched that like on Valentine's Day, if your boyfriend gets you like this big box of like chocolate, Ryan's laughing at me right now. If he, if you, you know, you give me this big box of chocolate and these beautiful flowers, that means you love me. And I remember the first Valentine's Day, Ryan's birthday's on Valentine's Day. So the first Valentine's Day we had together, I didn't get flowers. And I'm like, do you not love me? You know, like your idea of what love is is or like just how it is distorted by the culture right because for some reason I don't know why that meant that symbolized whether you loved me or not even though like obviously there's so many other things that you've done for me or just being there and helping me through tough times and always being you know a shoulder that I can like lean on, it wasn't apparently enough because you didn't buy me flowers. Mm. And I remember, you know, as I was maturing in our relationship and in my faith, I I told him one time, I'm like, I don't really care about Valentine's Day. You don't have to do anything for me. And Ryan legit thought this was like a trick, like I was (laughs) tricking him or something. And so anyways, that's just a silly, that's a silly story. But I just, it it is funny, you know, when you think that, no, I'm doing this because I love you or I'm acting this way because I love you or, you know, it's, it's just, again, you have to understand what real love is and it's in the Bible and God's love is the demonstration of the love that we should all have, right? It's like, he's perfect love, he's perfect love and he's holy. And we need to see that and understand the love that God has for us. And then of course, you know, you're going to find people that, you know, you're, you marry your spouses or, or relationships or whatever, but it is difficult because it's like, well, how do I find that? It's like, well, you find that if the person that you're with, you guys are moving towards God together, right? I mean, if someone's moving you away from Jesus, if someone's moving you away from your values and what you intrinsically in your heart, you know, are, are thinking is right, then I don't know. I, I just, well, I think I, again, I, you know, we're about an hour in, so we'll probably have to oh, okay. wrap up here soon, but I think it goes back to the lies part. Yeah. You know, I think one of the best litmus tests, like for any sort of relationship is like, is it founded on lies? Mm-hmm. And it's a real tricky one. I know when we first started dating, you know, there were a lot of lies, mostly about where you were and things like that. Not necessarily to me, but yeah. to your, your, your mom Family, yeah. or whatever. Um, and I understood the reason. I never liked it though. Yeah, I actually you, hated it. Yeah. And it was actually a big red flag for me. Um, but I understood the reasoning, 
I, I, I gave you some leniency on that, but you know, I always let you know that I wasn't happy about that. Yeah. But overall though, I guess what I'm saying is, is that there is a strong litmus test, which is, is someone lying? Are they lying to you? Have they lied before? Do they continue to lie? And do they lie to make themselves look better at your expense or yeah. your self-esteem or whatever it is? And, you know, it's funny that so many relationships and so many, you know, whether, you know, intimate relationships, friendly relationships or whatever that else may be is like, if that's the pattern, yeah. then it's it's not good. No. And even like friendships, like you said, even in the beginning, like, yeah, I, I felt because I was, I was going to get in trouble. Right. And so in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to do this, but I have to. And it was, it was definitely not the right thing to do, but then you have friends and people that, you know, you, that you can't be yourself around and that you have to lie to. Right. We live in a world now where it's like, Oh, I don't want to tell them that I got COVID or I don't, I don't have a vaccine or I do have a vaccine shot or this X, Y, and Z, whatever the situation is, it's like deceiving and lying. I mean, of course, like, I don't know. It's just, it's part of the world and people do it for so many selfish reasons. I mean, us included, we're not perfect people, but like it, it just, you have to understand that, the devil is the father of lies. And you have to understand that when you are in a situation and the world is lying to you, how to discern from how to discern the truth and the lies. And I guess, you know, this is kind of yeah, just a, maybe discern the truth, but also like go to the truth. I mean, yeah. sometimes you kind of have to cut yourself off because yeah. there's just so much crazy stuff going on that most of it doesn't even matter, to be honest with you. I mean, if you think about your day to day stuff, you know, m most things don't affect you. Like I wake up, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, I'm gonna go to work, I'm gonna go work on my computer and engineer some stuff for space. But, and then I'm gonna come home, I'm gonna spend time with you, I'm gonna put the kids to bed and yeah. make dinner or whatever. And we're gonna do that over and over and over again. Yeah. We're gonna have friends over, we're gonna have Thanksgiving, we're gonna have some Christmas. But most of the time, the outside world really doesn't have that big of an impact. Now there are things that can be frustrating, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be aware of what's going on, but most of what you should be doing is with your family, with mm -hmm. your friends and with God. And yep. that's, and it's a distraction. Honestly, I guess, you know, as we wrap up this podcast, I guess I would just be like, it's a distraction. The world is a distraction to you. You know, when you focus on God and you like, don't focus on the world and you're trying to build a better relationship and even understand, you know, God and, and the Bible and you're seeking the truth, it, you start to just, nothing else really matters. That's in the background because well, like, it's definitely not as not important. It's not center yeah, stage. It's, it's a distraction. It's like, what are you going to get from like, you know, looking at the TV? And again, it's just a distraction. It's okay. distracting your mind. It's distracting your soul. It's, you know, deceiving you, lying to you. It's making you think that these things are important and somehow you have, you know, you can do something about it. It's like, you can't do anything about the problem of the world. We live in a fallen world and you know, you can't, it, there's nothing you can do about it. So well, what you can do is you focus on your family and yeah. the circle that matters around you and you, and you work on your understanding and your, your ability to kind of project that godliness, if you will, around mm -hmm. you and, and, and to serve and to build people up around you. And that's, that's what you do. I mean, and then you, you know, if you go in and work and you work well, you work hard, you do good yeah. work, you know, um, whatever the verse is, it's, you know, you should be working as if you're working for the Lord sort of thing. Yeah. And you, and you do that. It's, it's not really terribly complicated, but there are a lot of distractions to pull you away from, I guess, the simplicity of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the metaverse doesn't matter. 
social media doesn't matter who's yeah. doing what and the Kardashians doesn't matter. And we all have these guilty pleasures. And I mean, I think we're watching the bachelorette or something lame like that. What do you call it? Trash TV. <laughs> I know um, we do have but our it's trash like, TV. We watch, you know, sometimes. you, you, you just have to understand where things are coming from and not to get caught up in things that don't matter. And there are things that do matter. Sometimes you do have to stand up and you have to fight, but kind of the conclusion that I've came to is what you need to do that is at a local level with your family, with your mm-hmm. friends and not be like the annoying person, but be like, you're better in yourself. You're getting yeah. closer to God. You're, you're, you're working in your community or the people around you mm-hmm. in that way so that you're furthering the kingdom yeah. locally. I mean, everyone wants to be like, Oh, I'm going to go and save the world. It's like, no, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not going to save the world. You're going to create this small bubble throughout your life. Mm-hmm. And that bubble hopefully is a culmination of good people that or not even good people, people that as a, as a group, you guys really just love each other. There's godliness to it yeah. and you're living in and moving through this life together. Yeah. yeah. And you just, you serving one another. I mean, like, you know, even just our, our life, it's like, we're, we're serving. I want to serve people like Jesus served us. Right. It's like he washed his disciples feet. I mean, he demonstrated serve and love one another. And so that's our mission. It's like we serve and we love one another. We love our community. We love the people in our lives and our families, whether, you know, we get into different, it's like, it doesn't matter what your value system is. It's like, we're called to serve and, you know, to love one another, essentially. I mean, obviously your value system matters, but it's like, we want to bring people into our bubble and we want to love them and we want to teach them about Jesus and, and pray for them so that they can find happiness and love and, and peace on this earth. Because until the return, the return of Christ, I mean, we're going to live in this world and, you know, God has given us basically the, the book of how to live, how to live in peace. And yeah, I would just say, I mean, I don't want to, I don't take too much time, but it's just more enjoyable. It's just an enjoyable thing with, when you haven't, you know, people with good values and, and you know, their godliness and it's, it's just like, it's, it's fun. It It really is fun. fun. And we want as many people to be in that fold as possible. And Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is our, um, yeah, this is what we kind of were talking about today and we just wanted to get on here and share with you guys. But yeah, it is fun to live in community with people and to just, and to just, and to just, yeah, serve God and to serve God with other people. I mean, that's the best part and to raise your kids together. It's, it's a fulfilling life. It's so we, we pray for everyone to have that sort of experience. Yep. And with that, we'll close this one out. And we hope to see you next time on Seeking Truth. And you can check out the website at seekingtruthpodcast.com where we'll post this. And it's on Apple and Spotify and everything now. So you can go subscribe wherever, basically. So we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya.